Okay, we are live, and I know I had about three YouTube channels on. So, one of them had to be pulled so I could turn on the main one. Uh, I mistakenly left it off last time, so... Anyway, if the rug just got pulled on you, you can just search and you'll find that there's like five channels right now blasting Infinite Plane Radio. And we plan to expand into the future. Right now we're also streaming live on Paranormal Radio, on Radio King, Radio.net and tune in. It's not difficult to find us. The title of tonight's live stream is Is Time Running Out? And if you think time is running out and you want to talk about it, phone is open. 505-349-0420. We've been having a lot of conversations about doomsday prophecies. And I consider uh, QAnon to be part of the doomsday prophecy uh, kind of network of belief systems. It's kind of tied into Christianity and New Ageism. But I'm also looking at others. For example, recently we've been talking about these uh, various gematria types, channels that use gematria to predict false flags. And I'm always interested in patterns. I'm not in denial of patterns that exist. But it seems like there's some kind of a trick here. Like, how were they able to make these connections? And someone really I guess it kind of challenged me. He said, there's no way God isn't behind all this stuff because look at how all these dates line up. And he really got me thinking, okay, either they have evidence of divine intervention in the daily news, evidence that God is writing our news, or they've made some kind of an error and they're somehow seeing patterns that aren't there. And this is very different from how we analyze media here when we're looking at trends and patterns that exist. We're not in any way creating patterns through some kind of mechanism, a calculator, a cognitive bias is essentially what is being enacted here. And, and not to mention multiple calculators. And so I put out an article today where I, I think I've discovered how this thing works. Like many of the various, I believe, um, tricks on the world stage that keep us locked into a false paradigm, I think the end times prophecy needs to be looked at because I think it's based on some kind of a logical fallacy. Like, how are all these various preachers able to look at these Bible verses, look at the news, and conclude the world ends next week? And then how is it that they're never right? And no one calls them out on it. And the Seventh-day Adventists had predicted that Jesus was going to show up in like October of 18-something and he didn't show up. And so instead of disbanding, they said, well, this is the foundation of our religion. And they just became more faithful. Or the I Am Temple, they went into their doomsday bunkers because China and Russia were going to nuke us. It didn't happen. The cult is still around today. They believed that they prayed so hard they saved the world. Now, if you're not going to accept a wrong answer, and you're just going to proceed as though it didn't happen, well, now your whole premise is unfalsifiable. You can never be proven wrong. And that's where we're getting at here. So, if you follow my blog at timosman.blog, or you get any of my newsletters, you probably got this one in your inbox. Dramatria Sharpshooters. Endless Cycles of Doom Hype. So, Doom Hype is a big thing. And it really reached a crescendo with the Super Bowl. And when it didn't get nuked, a lot of people were disappointed. I wasn't. I like Las Vegas. But 
I was more curious as to how are they arriving at these very specific things. Like it's undeniable that there's a lot of scripting and perception management and PR stunts, the entire psyop with Swift and Kelsey, how it's just a basically a reality TV show, soap opera for the masses, mind junk for the masses. But there are certain things that we were noting, like look how many iconic females, female icons who've died tragic deaths that have been associated with Taylor Swift. Undeniable. You know, Amelia Earhart, she's related to her. They just found her plane as she was going to fly over that area. So there are some intentional injections of symbolism, of uh, character archetypes, and there are patterns that we can discern. But Gemetria complicates things. And there's another aspect to it too, which is days between events, where it gets to be a little um, ambiguous. Like, and, and this is what I think the cause of it is. And I think it comes down to a certain logical fallacy. Uh, let me go and make sure everyone's here. All right, Diana South from DLive, 737. Frank Murr, Oswaldo, Usher, Symbia, AJ206 on YouTube. Peace Circle from Twitch. Got some Twitchers in here. Uh, Kevin Mooring, let's go. Ollie Goering, Redacted Bigly. Trevor Campaign, thank you for joining. Mom with Sons, Elephant Tusks. Reverse History, awesome. Austin108 says, Dramitria is BS. Yes. Well, you know what? There's a, here, here's what it really is. It's, it's actually part of a way of determining mystical connections between things. But I think it's specifically related to the, the Torah and Kabbalism and magic. In fact, that you use this stuff in magic when you're encoding your rituals, but they're not using it as a predictive model like uh, or suggesting that you can predict the future with it. And that's what I'm criticizing here. I'm not suggesting that there's no value in it and that it's not relevant to our discussions here because we're always talking about symbolism and this is a huge part of it. And we often talk about the strange coincidences with numbers and symbols, but I've made it a point not to adopt anything that allows you to, uh, in any way, create a false impression. I'm just looking at what they report, the patterns that exist. You know, like Rodney King hit 33 times with a baton. Like these things, the associations with the name King and these various psyops and the repeated numbers, like these are things we can point at that they cannot deny. They cannot deny the sun set at 846 in the Twin Cities. George Floyd suffocated 846. 9-11 kicks off 846. And we can find common denominators between all these various events. But we're remaining objective, looking at this as what it appears to be, a what I call a metascript. But our history is nothing but a collection of fake news. And the fake news is whatever the, whatever the power elite want us to believe. History is a record of mass media going back. Just as they bend our daily news, they have bent our history. But they don't leave anything up to chance. They write the news in advance, and they implement it on the world stage as a reality TV show disguised as news. That's pretty much how it works. Like, we're behind. They're actually operating in a, on a different timeline than we are. The news vendors who bend our reality, who bend the horizon. They control reality this way. It's time control. You have to watch Newsbenders if you have not. It's a 30-minute theater play from 1968 or something, and it explains this whole idea as a hypothetical, but 
They're writing the news five years in advance, and I think it's more like 50 or 100. They write it in broad strokes, and they get into the details and the nuance. But my point of it is, this is history, and his story, he is Big Brother. This predetermined version of events. Everything else will get burned, deleted, banned. They don't care to censor us because they know eventually they're going to have the final say. But my point of it is, this control of the narrative runs so deep that they use what we call predictive programming, repetitive messaging in all media, to condition us to accept the fake history as they present it as, quote, news. That is the most logical explanation for predictive programming. Conditioning. Literally programming. But truthers have mystified it and they say no this is synchronicity this is god this is ai this is dark occultists behind the scenes telling us what they're going to do to dodge karma they have all these ways of taking it out of the realm of media analysis and then adding on all kinds of spiritual components and dark magic and that takes it away from the essential fact that we're looking at man manipulating man but they take the target off of man as far as who's behind this and they put it on something supernatural and I'm trying to break away from that and this is where this Dramitria person and I were kind of debating he's like how can you say God's not behind this well I have an answer so let's go ahead and get to it uh, Ted Strikers joined us thank you for joining Nicholas Pitts says we've been looking at a government shutdown on March 1st the real New Year's Day in order to place another 11.8 billion to Ukraine through a forced budget. Okay, March 1st, mark your calendars. But what I want to start doing is this. I want to start holding prophets accountable so we can call them false prophets. If I say the world's going to end on 228 and it doesn't, you can call me a false prophet. But none of these false prophets online are being called out for it. And what I think is more important here is the deconstruction of their arguments because I think these logical fallacies represent a blind spot for most people who are in truth or veil still that's why they're there and I think we can do without those I think we have to you know cleanse the uh, doors of perception you know we have to basically remove any kind of filter that leads you down these various rabbit trails to false conclusions and that's why I put up this article today let me go ahead and get to it here uh, Demetria Sharpshooter's Endless Cycles of Doom Hope. Using Gematria to predict false flags is applying the Texas Sharpshooter fallacy, which makes them appear to be on target while creating the perceptions of patterns that upon closer inspection do not exist. Gematria is the computation of individual letters of words and utilizing their numerical equivalents to form connections with other words or concepts. For example, Satan is 55. So any other word that adds to 55 will be connected to Satan. Santa, for example. This is a connection, but my question is, is it a meaningful connection? Both Jesus and Lucifer add to 74. You'd think these are contradictions. And you can find many words that have no relevance whatsoever, and those are conveniently ignored. And this is the basis of the fallacy. It's about ignoring the misses, focusing on the hits. However, the basis of this fallacy is that the target's too big, and they draw a circle around clusters of hits after the fact. So the Gematria calculator enlarges the target. The radius of the target is so large 
that no matter where the shots hit, they only have to find a few close together ones to create the appearance of accuracy. And these calculators make it impossible to be wrong and make it easy to prove anything right. And if one calculator doesn't have the number they need, there are other calculators, other versions. So patterns are there. The media is a tightly controlled wing of world government. My question here is why would we want to toss numerology-based prophecies into our media analysis? It seems to me that this is the same mentality that mystifies predictive programming with revelation of the method, which is claimed to be a way for the bad guys to avoid bad karma for bad things they're doing in the future by somehow gaining our consent by putting it in the movies first. And the problem with this conclusion, aside from the lack of evidence, is it implies the bad things are happening, like in the movies that precede them in eerily coincidental ways. This rules out the possibility that the bad things are hoaxed, faked, simulated media events passed off as real to gullible and brainwashed people. So this Gematria person had said to me, there's no way man could plan all of this, with examples of movie release dates that corresponded to contemporary events, but spaced apart by a certain number of days, which stood out by repeated digits, like 666s or 777s. So they would say, um, this movie was released on this date, and 66 months later, in six days, this happened. And so they suggest that these numbers signify important or significant events to come, like false flags. Now the problem with this is that, one, we don't know what these numbers mean. Like, I'm sorry, is there a dictionary somewhere? Where if it's five sevens, it means a terror attack. If it's four sevens, it means something with a pop singer and a football player. Like, what makes these numbers intrinsically significant? What's your basis for this? Uh, but moreover, they suggest that these are foreshadowing false flags. And false flags are real events with a false explanation, or they're instigated. But the problem is that they've never been right. Uh, Trump's headwind was supposed to happen on 8-4. A lot of them jumped on that. It didn't happen. I asked a few of them, hey, what's the deal? They just pretended like nothing happened. JFK was supposed to show up, didn't show up. I'm like, what happened here? I thought the storm was coming. I thought the storm was coming this month or the month after or two weeks later. Like, when are we going to have the 10 days of darkness, the blackout? I thought we were supposed to have a blackout in November. Didn't happen. But all of them were able to point to many examples in the past to suggest that, oh, this was planned. It's coming. So, the, again, this is not real predictive programming in the sense that we describe it. Um, the problem with this, again, is that they've never been right, and they're not media skeptics. They believe in the alt version of the news. So they're not exactly skeptics. But his argument to me was that these timings are too precise. There's no way mere humans could arrange this. Therefore, it must be a higher power. It must be God ordering these events. To assume divine intervention because the coincidences are too voluminous for man to arrange is beginning with the premise that these are real patterns. And that's where he's coming at me with. He's like, how can you deny that God's here? Because look at these patterns. So I had to challenge that assumption first. Are these valid patterns? Because if you accept their validity at face value, you might, inclined, you might, you might be inclined to reach for some kind of explanation, like the Demiurge or AI or God. And this is where I cite Arthur C. Clarke's third law, 
Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Meaning we have to resist the temptation to categorize that which we can't understand as beyond understanding. Like it's beyond man's understanding because I don't get it. Like when you watch a magic show, do you assume that it's anything but an illusion? No. You don't believe that the tricks that you can't see through are actually magic. You just know you haven't figured it out yet. So to f assume magic or a divine cause when we can't explain something is lazy and fallacious. Now even if these patterns exist, like the ones he's describing, even if these are legitimate patterns and they're not the result of a fallacy, we can rule out, or we, we can, we actually before we can rule in God or aliens or something, we have to first examine human technology first. And until we've ruled out human technology, we can't jump to, is God doing this? So what's more likely, Occam's razor, is man reporting on God's events or is man reporting on man's events? And this is where the Dramitria and all these other prophets uh, kind of get it wrong, is they think these are real events. But the answer is these are fake patterns. Dramatria calculators, coupled with cognitive bias, can create the appearance of order with a sleight-of-mind trick. It's this Texas sharpshooter fallacy, and this also applies to finding connections between events. And it works like this. It's a metaphor of a gunman shooting the side of a barn, and then drawing targets around the bullet hole clusters to make it look like he's a sharpshooter. This illustrates how you can group similarities, ignore the differences, and don't account for randomness. So they're playing a rigged game, whether they know it or not. And they don't all know. A lot of people don't know because these are, these are sleight of mind tricks, and you can be forgiven for falling for them. So they begin with a conclusion in mind, and then they fire their shots. The more ammunition they have, the more likely they'll have a cluster of close together shots. The more gematria calculators you have, the more likely that you're gonna look like you've been grouping all these hits together, you're an online prophet. You're a sharpshooter. Failed predictions are ignored, which makes their claims unfalsifiable. They can't be proven wrong. This can go on indefinitely. So it's no coincidence that the QAnons and the JFK worshippers also use gematria calculators. I don't know if you noticed this. I, at the time, I called it Q-Bala because the, the QAnons were suddenly using gematria calculators and, and uh, you know, basically Kabbalah-type stuff to read into Dan Scavino's tweets. Dan Scavino was like Trump's social media guy, and they believed that he was sending messages from JFK through Trump, through timestamps on tweets, and certain words that you could add together. And it's like, oh, this one adds to the storm is coming. And it never shows up. But my point of it is, this is the same methodology that had people gathered around Dealey Plaza waiting for JFK to show up. So the QAnons will often say boom when they find connections. Like, boom, the storm is coming. It's like, no, actually, you're drawing the target after you've already fired the shots. You're proving yourself right. End times, Bible prophecies, QAnon, the storm is coming predictions, Gematria decoded false flag predictions are creating fake patterns and drawing erroneous conclusions based on them. And I've been observing this long enough. I've seen enough failed predictions and no accountability, which is why they're all anonymous, to know that this is a scam. Now, most of these decoders, I'd say all of these decoders, they seem to be unaware of how these scripted events are fake, simulated, and staged. 
So they actually think they're predicting future mass casualty events, world-ending events. But for this to be valid, they have to be able to predict things, not decode them after the event, or not continually get them wrong. So it seems to me end times prophecies are really just psychological operations designed to funnel believers into an echo chamber of people who believe they're possessed of critically important information. And once they're in this mental bunker, they gear up for the end. And when it doesn't happen, they just wait for the next event because they're already convinced it's going to end. And then the next event and the next event. Why would they leave the mental bunker since they're convinced of their end times scenario? The nonners think the storm is coming and there's going to be 10 days of darkness. The nonners have been thinking this for eight years. So this belief in the end of the world chronologically to me seems like a scam. Not, not just a scam, but it's a psyop. But I think it's also similar. You know, we talk about why would they lie about the world? You know, the various ideas. Why would NASA lie? Why do they give us garbage cartoons? It doesn't mean the world is flat or something, but one of the best reasons why they would lie and give us a false representation of the world is perhaps they're lying about how much land there is. Maybe we're constrained. Like There are plenty of reasons. But I brought this up before that the assumption of a boundary, an edge, or even a false model limits you geographically in, a, in the same way that the end time scenario limits you chronologically. And when you have an end times narrative, it implies a different worldview than someone who doesn't think it's about to end. There's a big difference. I think the world's going to end next week. I have a different set of priorities than you if you're planning for the future and your children's children. So I would contend that the end times and the artificially constrained geography represented by the globe model are crucial aspects of maintaining a closed system, worldview, with built-in scarcities and limits. So in other words, if you're going to advocate that we're in the end times, I, I think you might actually be um, upholding this closed system they've given us. Everything has to be scarce. Everything has to be immediate. You need to be plugged into the 24-7 endless propaganda cycle, the current thing, and you have to believe it as fast as they can pump the fake news out. It's all about restricting you to a now. Meanwhile, they're thinking and planning 100 years into the future. So I just question the judgment of anybody who claims that the world's about to end, and I don't believe any of them. Let me go back through your comments. Penguin Doctor says, all you can eat, nothing burgers, all that's coming. Yeah, I mean, have you checked on any of the, the QAnoners? I mean, the MAGAs seem pretty robust. They're eating well. But the QAnon fringe of the MAGAs, they subsist on nothing but bad hopium, mentanol-laced red pills, and nothing burgers. Like, they got to be starving. They look like, they probably look like a bunch of breatharians. All they can do is, is doom scroll, or rather it's hope scrolling. It's doom hope scrolling. They're scrolling and scrolling, hoping for evidence that, oh yeah, finally the world's going to end. Symbia says doom boofers. Yep. Exactly. They just um, desire an end, a conclusion. They want everyone to say, okay, you were right. Even if they're dying as they're being told this. Like, okay, we're all going to die. You called it. Big deal. We're all dead. Like, I don't really see the advantage of being a, a doom boofer. 
if anything, again, I think it's a psyop to keep you locked into a, a, a smaller world, a more constrained world, and to make you susceptible to uh, doomsayers, whether it be an El Gore or some religious nutcase. Diana South says, Seventh-day Adventists created that crappy American diet, less no meat because meat causes lust to them. Lust is sinful Kellogg grains. Okay, I only knew one Seventh-day Adventist. I was in the military, and um, he had the uh, cheese tortellini MREs because there was no meat. He got the vegetarian ones. The unmediated mind says, I think there is something to it, but yeah, I don't think that's a tool for divination of future events. It is really fascinating. And when you look at the theory behind magic and spellcraft and sigils, it makes a lot of sense why they would encode more information into these various words. And it's a, you know, it's a way of creating ciphers and encoding things and, and making uh, connections that might, um, I think, make more sense, again, within a religious context. I don't think it's meant to divine the future, though. Let's see, let's continue here. Diana South says, Same guys who bend the news have bent Christian beliefs too. By a guy named C.I. Schofield, the modern-day futurist Christians. Fascinating. I had come across some information about some group or some um, group of priests or Jesuits who had, I think, it was, it was, uh, I think his name was Rivera, but basically they had this concept of futurism, where instead of revelation being something that had happened, it became something in the future. And I've already made the connection between that and uh, climate change, global warming, alarmism as a neo-eschatology. And I'm just saying here is that I think all of these end time scenarios are part of their false worldview construct that we're all meant to internalize. We're all meant to believe we're ER, that we're in it, that the world's going to end in our lifetime, that the sky's about to fall. Some people put dates on it. Like, I think there's a big rock called Apophis 42999, the god of chaos that's supposed to hit us in April of 2029 on a Friday the 13th, no less. It's a planet killer. And then, other than that, if we don't cut our carbon footprints in half by 2030, the world will also end. And I think that, I'll have to check again, but there's, there's a few other prophecies they've, they've come up with that basically we're, we're not going to be around much longer if we don't change. That's our, our, our whole uh, outlook on this thing. Whether you're believing it because of science or because of some religious concept, they have everybody dragged into the end times. I don't think it ends. I think it goes on infinitely. Joined by Not Shocked, Multi Zero Dagger, Moody Bug 20, says, I don't buy the Dramatria thing. I mean, I do think they use math and numbers a lot, but people reach big time. Oh, yeah, look, I totally keep it simple. For example, I mean, these are correlations that we can point to. Like, 33 years apart, two 33 year olds set themselves on fire in front of the White House. Like, that's kind of notable. And when you dig into it, you find other examples of certain themes, like, 33-year-olds incinerating, like Christopher Dorner or Dave Koresh. And it's just, there are certain themes that we pick up, numbers associated with certain psychological operations, like you'll find many of the, you know, civil rights or BLM stuff and BLM martyrs have 42 attached to them in very conspicuous ways. Undeniable ways that don't require the use of some ancient 
Chaldean sorcery um, number cruncher. Like it's basically a matter of looking at what they're reporting with full understanding of this is an engineered or a scripted uh, reality being implemented. People think it's news because they're gullible. It's not news. Your news media is operating like reality TV, steering you towards predetermined conclusions. A former reality TV star, or maybe current reality TV star, I mean, look, a lot of these news pundits are just basically actors. But Alex Stain was with Cheaters, the show Cheaters, which was, um, I think it was run by the grandson of the king of Hollywood, Clark Gables. But anyway, Cheaters was a reality TV show where people caught their spouses cheating and the host would come out and they would bust the person. Well, he let us know, he made it known that it was entirely scripted and fake. They faked it all. There was nothing organic. Nobody was really being caught. Just like wrestling. Just like everything else, really. But the reality TV model is important to consider here. Like, for example, the space station. The space station is a reality TV show presented as news. And this is how they create our fabricated history. They have to act things out. And I think certain individuals are just playing lifetime roles. Salty Siren says, I just walked outside and the transformer outside my house blew up the second I looked at it. WTF? Fanblade tried to murk me earlier this week. Fascinating. There's that video by... I think it's called... It's called Revenge. But there was a... The song for that... It was the opening track to Leave the World Behind and it has a transformer exploding. I mean, look, Leave the World Behind. I, I want to bring this up really quick because I'm not about ignoring patterns and I'm specifically confronting Mike Rothschild because he said... There is no such thing as predictive programming. I'm like, look at Leave the World Behind. Every single aspect of that movie has had some kind of news event following it. And then the media is aware of this, and they're actually commenting on it. So to not notice it is to make an argument from just selective ignorance. Like, predictive programming exists. It's just that they can't figure out how it works. What explains all these coincidences? It must be apophenia. It must be conspiracy theorists and their cognitive biases. No. Actually, it's propaganda, and it's how it works. That your news is actually propaganda as well. It's just that some people who are part of the media, who are enmeshed in it, don't have the perspective we do, what I call the off-world stage perspective, until you understand that media operates within a worldview, and everyone in that worldview is constrained by certain presuppositions, it's not going to make sense. Like it's, it's a paradigm shock in many ways to recognize how bad it really is when it comes to the screened reality. The fact that we have a argument from authority I mean, put over our minds from the time that we're born. It's been here forever. This assumed authority as though there's nobody behind it who might have some interest in steering our worldview towards predetermined ends. And most people are like Truman in the Truman Show going along with the script. You've heard the phrase NPC, non-playing characters. Well, most people are non-playing characters in the sense that they're not resisting it. They're just going along with it. And really, the reason why is that the big lies are really out of sight, out of mind. Outside of our purview. It's so far removed from your everyday experience that you just leave it up to the experts. 
like most of the people who break down the news and know the media lies, they believe everything having to do with space and NASA. It doesn't even occur to them to question it, but why would it? It's just way out there. All right, let's continue here. Joined by Consumed by AI. Thanks for joining. Maya Gray Speaks Kia says, Blackout comes from the Bible. Padre Pio started what's to occur. Q usurped it and created psyops of the masses. Trump is the, the new messiah. Woohoo. Prestidigitation at its finest. Now, Padre Pio was the one. Wasn't he caught using battery acid on his palms to make it look like he had the stigmata? Or did he really bleed from his palms? You know, I, I kind of looked into that character, and, and I, I actually know people, I knew people who were believers in this particular faith. And, yeah, he's known for his stigmata, a stigmatist. But, I, I look, this is one of these things where you can believe it if you want, but I, I'm more inclined to think it was some kind of a hoax. But there's no doubt that many think Trump is the Messiah, although there's just as much material out there to conclude that Trump is the Antichrist. And this is all stories. These are all just stories superimposed onto world stage characters. Salty Siren is sitting in a blackout right now. Okay, let's continue here. Lickety Split says a new world order is coming. Yeah, that's been the line for so long. There's something coming, and we can stop it. That the firewall against global tyranny are the American nationalists who are still clinging to their AR-15s. Like, your Second Amendment is saving the world. It's like, I'm sorry, but they're not going to grab your guns because they've already grabbed your minds. You've already been nullified. Like, it sounds bad and defeatist and black pill, but there's no reason to resist. There's no reason to be active. You can't win. Uh, we've already been conquered. Uh, this is... That's, you don't win the info war by fighting the info war. It's going to take a whole new frame of reference to see what we're actually looking at. So the so-called New World Order is just the Old World Order updating itself. Like an iPhone, a new iteration. And this new version is dressed up like, you know, science, space age. The, the dominant world religion is NASAtology, which is a scammier version of Scientology with better special effects, just another space religion. Scientology has the better actors. But my point of it is, that is the world religion. And it's main symbol, not coincidentally, the rocket going to space is just a repurposed obelisk. It's the same symbol and it represents the same deity. But there's nothing about our modern world that isn't templated on the old world order and they don't even hide it. That's why you've got Ark Storm and Noah and Noah's Flood. I'm talking about the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, not the biblical Noah. The Ark Storm. They use Old Testament mythology for our modern paradigm. And it all speaks to us at the same, I think, at the same subconscious level. Like, for example, um, man is going to enrage the the earth so bad that it's going to punish us. That's, that's just the Old Testament idea of, you know, wickedness. But I think it's part of this, maybe even, even some kind of an ingrained, you know, fear. Fear of, um, like, storm gods are always the dominant ones. And maybe it taps into some kind of fear of uh, floods or bad weather. I mean, our basic needs are about shelter. So I think they're tapping into primal fears with most of these religions and with our modern scientific paradigm, which isn't all that modern. It's archaic and it's dressed up as something new. Aliens are angels repurposed.
angels the atheists will believe in. Uh, Gaia is a god construct. I mean, the atheists are the most religious people of all. They just don't have the the traditional concept of God. Uh, their concept of sin and the sinner has just been updated. You know, for them, the sin is just virus. It's literally a construct that's completely analogous, and it empowers the priesthood, or the neo-priesthood, to exercise the same level of controls that the old priesthood would have. Contact tracing, inquisition, there are so many parallels you can see it's a template. I actually wrote about this in a book called Secret Religion of the Elite. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on Amazon. Alright, let's continue. Moodybug20 says, I think they use the MSM to communicate to each other right in everyone's face. They use code, possibly. Yeah, exactly. I think they do. And I think those of us who have caught on to a lot of their code are being um, drowned out by a lot of noise. For example, we picked up on the 42 thing, and we were really pointing out how the year 2020 and the BLM PSYOP had tapped into all kinds of 42s. You know, Rosa Parks is 42, Jackie Robinson, number 42, who you know, broke the MLB color line. Then you had the Mamba Week at the NBA where everybody's wearing 42 to celebrate the posthumous birthday of Kobe Bryant, who was coincidentally the last, his last interview on Earth before he died was with Stephen Jackson, 42-year-old twin of George Floyd. But while the NBA is all out there with their 42s, the MLB is all wearing 42s for Jackie Robinson, played by Chadwick Boseman, who just died at 42 after putting $4.2 million into some kind of COVID charity, all kind of Operation 42. But as soon as we called this out and we're noting all these patterns and it was like really piling up, all of a sudden they changed it. Chadwick Boseman was suddenly 43. And even in the last year, I've noticed, it looks like 34 is the new 33. So when we do pick up on hoax code, which is what I think we're seeing here, there is some kind of internal code that conveys to people in the know what they're looking at. It wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact, I, there's some things I've noticed. Like I think water bottles at a lot of these PSYOP scenes are very significant. Like if you look at the exchange in Kenosha, when the police officer hands... Kyle a water bottle and then says we're going to send him your way it's like what does that even mean I think the water bottle was some kind of an indicator coast is clear we're going to do the psyop so I do think there's internal communication there is code there there are symbols that we see that are undeniable but it's a far cry from Gematria All right, let's see here going through your comments Ted Stryker says have you seen any new or old folk here from the other channels that were banned that's right. Um, by the way, Spotify, which was banned last year, well, actually at the end of 2022, um, because of a false copyright strike, was reinstated. And it was reinstated, which means that we're going to have, I believe, who knows how many. I mean, I'm, I hope we get all the subs back, but we should see a, a, an uptick, at least a few hundred people that haven't been here in a while. People who may never have attended a live stream may start showing up once they find out what happened. A lot of people think that we're gone because the channel gets shut down. Elephant Tusk says, Templars run this world. They have temporal technology. Be interested to know more about that. Someone told me there's a time machine in Trump Tower and that JFK's there and he's not actually 107. He probably looks like he was when he was... I mean, look, this is insane. 
this reality fluidity has gone out of hand. It's just so subjective. And that's why we are splitting away. And we've been talking about this for some time, but this is real. The parallel media is real. We're not alt media. We're not in Alex Jones town drinking their Kool-Aid. We're not in Trutherville. We're not in QA nonsense land. No, we're actually out beyond. We actually have the overview effect, which astronauts lie about having. We have seen the world stage as such and recognize that it's not an accurate representation of the world. We've been given a false world view. And I think it was even, look, you can look at NASA as worldview warfare. Our false worldview comes from cinema, from movies, inner space control. They control our minds. I think NASA has always been to control our minds. You think they're really going to take you to some distant paradise, some Disneyland way up in the heavens? No. Space is the new heaven in this new paradigm. It's where all the gods are, the planets are named after these gods. It's all just a universal heaven dressed up with science. So the atheists will believe in this one. And all the different religions on the ground, the traditional religions that fight over their concept of heaven, doesn't matter because they all believe in space. Iran has a space program. In Iran, where, you know, historically, traditionally, they would burn obelisks, throw rocks at them, because it represents Baal, the devil. Meanwhile, they have the burning obelisk flying into space. It's like, look at that. One minute they're traditional, the next minute they're embracing the New World Order religion. Alright, moving on here. Appreciate the comments. So, so far we've received a hundred messages in Restream. Alright, going through your comments. Dinosaur says they're buttered popcorn in one hand and AR in the other drinking Kool-Aid. I was actually looking at the possibility of creating a brand of popcorn spelled with a Q. Like pop and Q-O-R-N. Because they're always talking about eating the popcorn. And I did find a company that does do it white label and I could sell it through eBay. I thought about it. Like, I might as well get in on the big Q grift in 2024, at least just for the sole purposes of uh, staying afloat here. There is money in it. I'll be honest, in 2021, I was selling a PDF containing all of the Q drops, which is dumb because it's free. You just search for the Q drops. But I put it into a PDF, I put it on Teespring. And before they censored it or shut it down, I sold it to 200 people. I'm talking like, like a $5 PDF. Like you, they were just throwing money at, you know, MAGA hats, golden Trump shoes, worthless Trump NFTs, where it's just his face superimposed over people from Walmart catalogs. You know, some of those were pretty bad. But my point is, there's a lot of money from MAGA stan, you know, flowing into this. Uh, really, it's, it's an info war. And merch is a huge part of it. Elephant Tusk says, I believe the true controllers of this world are coming back to rule the world after these cataclysmic events transpire. Okay, now, do you believe this is going to happen in your lifetime? Is time running out? Because I, I, I say infinite plane society because I don't have any reason to trust the worldview we've been given. I think it's constrained. I don't know what it means as far as size or shape. I, I, don't, even, I don't even have reason to suspect that the Earth that I'm standing on is a discrete object floating somehow. This might just be the bottom of the universe and it might go on infinitely. I mean, I don't know. And you don't either. 
you believe because you've seen something through a screen. That's the best you can say if you don't go with the agnosticism that I'm starting with. And my point is, I'm leaving it open as a possibility that there's more land because there's every reason you can imagine for constraining our concept of how big the world is. It has to do with control, scarcity. Oh look, uh, you're running out of land and the world's heating up and there's too many people. So I would argue that end times concepts limit the world in the same way. They limit your time and they limit your space. You take infinite time space and put it into the black cube prison and constrain it. So if you're promulgating the idea of end times, you're basically agreeing with the globe model, which is also built on uh, not only finitude of space, but also time, because eventually the world's going to be hit by a planet killer. Or the universe is going to fold on itself like a taco and everything's going to die. So it's always built on the idea that there's not infinity in any sense. So why are we starting with the premise of finitude? Why are we entering into a closed system prematurely if you haven't checked the boundaries yourself yet? This is where the flat earthers went wrong, when they're like, oh, we're under a dome. Oh, really? So you keep going, eventually you can't go anymore? Like, that's worse than a globe. At least you can go to Mars. Ted Stryker says, are you going to watch Christspiracy when it comes out? Would love to... Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I will do a review. I'll check it out. I haven't heard of it. I've looked into a lot of the different astrotheology stuff, and um, when I, when I'm when I'm speaking about this stuff, I, I have my opinion is informed by my own research and investigation into these things. And I had been involved for a little while with the the Lemic cult, and I studied all their materials, the Gnostic Catholic Mass, and I see no reason whatsoever to divorce Christianity from pagan traditions. It's all based on the same uh, personification. It's based on the same symbolism and the same archetypes. It's based on uh, time divided into the cross. There's no reason to divorce it. If anything, it's just Christianity is paganism with the goddess removed. And it's disguised. It's occulted. But that's my opinion based on what I've observed, what I've researched, and my own um, comparative analysis of the occult version of Christianity and the mainstream version, and then, of course, my experience with the Masonic cult. And I've, I've studied a lot of different schools of mysticism, including like Scientology, for example. Before the YouTube university became a thing and you could find out about all these fringe topics, I used to do a lot of like boots-on-the-ground research, and I spent time at the Church of Scientology even um, reading and trying to understand their worldview. And that's how I can walk away from it understanding that, yeah, this is a, a blueprint NWO religion based on the pandemic model. Scientology is based on a pandemic of, quote, engrams, and it has all, has everything to do with uh, quarantine, with separating from those who won't go through the process of, quote, clearing their minds of en engrams. So it's mind viruses, a mind virus pandemic that needs to be cured. And once they've cleared the planet, they can cure all of its ills. And then we can go to space as a collective. And also a huge part of Scientology is bunkers, doomsday bunkers, with the presumption that there's going to be some kind of massive calamity and Scientologists are going to come out and rebuild. Which is why they have so many symbols associated with the phoenix, like all these different cults do. Because it's always built on this premise of a reset. 
And this reset, by the way, really started 1221-2020, great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter on the winter solstice, which hasn't happened since Jesus was born, according to the official records, which make it seem like a year zero, perfect for a reset. But that's when the talk of the Great Reset started. But this great, this great reset, or the Greta reset, because it's really about, you know, if you look at it, it's like a green revolution, but it's really just the external or the exoteric version of the new age, the age of Aquarius, the age of Horus, the age of whatever various, uh, even the Freemasonic group call it the great work of ages. And the symbol of the phoenix, at least according to Manly P. Hall, is repurposed or rather um, is occulted as the eagle, the American eagles of phoenix in his Secret Destiny of America, suggesting that America had a pivotal role in this coming transformation. But we're living through that part of it now. So we are in the end times. But my point of it is, the world ended four years ago. So there you go. It already ended. But that's how it works. Like, the year ends, a new year begins. The age ended, and the new one is officially kicking off. Elephant Tusk says, you seem more optimistic than most. Do you believe things will improve? Well, here's the thing. Blue pillars, the people who believe in the mainstream media, I call them the massified mind. The, the massified minds, the Truman Show residents who have no intention of leaving, they're perfectly happy with how things are, but they believe things are terrible, which makes them apathetic. And I am not apathetic, so I looked further. Uh, that's why people go woke. That's why people go red pill, because they're not apathetic. So at least the woke and the red pillars have good intentions. Their hearts are in the right places. That's why they detest the normies who won't wake up. The problem is, it's a false awakening. The woke have been given a false ideology, and the red pillars have also been given a false awakening. What's happened is, they've entered into a subset of mainstream belief. So the mainstream mediated worldview, when added on to with more presuppositions, whether it's wokeism or red pillism, it actually leads you deeper into their matrix. It doesn't subtract, it doesn't add skepticism, but it adds chaos. So the red pillars wake up into a nightmare. So they're not really awake, they're just having a nightmare. The woke are having a similar experience, like they're, they're not restful at all. They've entered into basically a, a state of conflict. They're on the fringes of the political horseshoe. My point being that nightmare version of reality is fake. The woke version is similarly just an agitated, overly propagandized view. So the world isn't as bad as truthers think. So you're asking me, do I think things will improve? I'm like, well, what's bad according to you? Like, like do you think that the cirrus clouds the anthropogenic cirrus clouds left by planes are poisonous and toxic to you. Are you afraid to drink the water? Are you afraid of 5G towers? Are you afraid of military-age men from other countries? Do you think aliens are demons? So like, there's all these fears that get added into your worldview if you're part of Trutherville for any amount of time, which makes things seem really bad, and I think it's all cultural pessimism. There's cultural pessimism on the right and the left. That's why the left hates capitalism. That's why they hate freedom. They hate free speech. It's because they're, they've been poisoned with a really toxic ideology where they see everything through a really dark lens that everything's going to hell if they don't fix it. And I don't agree with that. It doesn't make me optimistic. It makes me realistic. I would say that your pessimism is unrealistic and the byproduct of a lot of 
superstition, weaponized superstition. All right, let's continue here. Diana South says, I'm at peace, armed with knowledge, not worried about nukes, so-called Armageddon asteroids. I'm a praetorist. I believe the Bible is a historical book already happened, not written to us. Now, interestingly, I mean, I, I make this comparison where, because I've been saying that the, the mass media is the de facto Bible of the world state church. So this global media mind control apparatus, and it is monolithic, the primary filter you know, whether the news that you get through your phone, your your screen, that screen is the new Bible. But they haven't finished censoring it. They're in the process right now, getting rid of the non-canonical, the heretical texts. They're trying to fine-tune this new Bible. But I would compare the new version of this Bible, it's like our new New Testament. Whereas history, everything from the Big Bang to the extinction of the dinosaurs 66 million million years ago, whatever, to everything up to right now would be considered our history. It's like the Old Testament. But right now, the book that's still a work in progress that has a doomsday attached, that's like a New Testament. So in other words, we are living through the purification process of the new Bible, which is the new world view that everybody's going to agree upon, the new authority. But I think a huge part of this is Musk. I mean, if you look at the Elon Musk uh, acquisition of, of Twitter and turning it to X, and how you had the glowing X atop the building, that was sort of a reprising the role of Pope Constantine and the vision of the glowing cross, and under the sign, I will unite the empire. And Musk is like, this is the everything app. Well, X has everything to do with the censorship of the internet. He has opened the gates. He has made the case for the enemies of free speech that free speech is too much, that it has to be censored. He's there as a fall guy for free speech. And why wouldn't he be? I mean, he's faking the space program, and the space program is about programming your inner space. He's a top-tier mind control operative. Or he's just an actor going along with the program. You know, you can decide. But... I think it's safe to say he's very well apprised of how fake space is. So to think that he's somehow on the side of free speech is actually ridiculous. All right, having some excellent conversations in the chat. Let's continue here. Uh, Nicholas Pitt says Musk is the ultimate scapegoat. Willingly. Willingly. But, you know, he's a fascinating character. I mean, if you look, he's, a, he's playing a historic role. Werner von Braun, and I think he's templated off of von Braun partly, wrote the book Mars, a technical tale about the Elon colonizing Mars, setting up a structure similar to that of the papacy. That's why we call him Pope Elon. Lean Dion says, Musk is what I call a foundational liar. Now, didn't he put the foundation in the back of the uh, Starman Tesla Roadster? I believe he put Isaac Asimov's book series, uh, The Foundation, I believe. But uh, he threw a lot of uh, Easter eggs. In fact, everything about space is really pretty much science fiction. Everything that we see coming out of the space program was predicted by these various science fiction prophets. So if you want to find real prophets, they're not doing gematria, they're writing science fiction. 
Let's see here. Yeah, Musk was inspired by Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and the Foundation series. And the Foundation series is a reset series. You know, we're talking about what happens when you start over on a new planet. Well, obviously, you're not bringing AR-15s and MAGA hats and republicanism, and you're not bringing any of your uh, private property. You're starting over. I mean, it's space communism. In fact, the early Russian rocket pioneers were all about space communism. They saw that as the ideal. There's, there's a book I recommended from 1906 called Red Star, 1908 Red Star, about a perfect communist state on Mars. And then we send some scientists there to see it, and they decide it works, and they want to bring it back here. And that idea of space communism was also attached to uh, theosophy and panpsychism. In other words, the early rocket pioneers, and one of them, uh, his name is Constantine, interestingly, because that name shows up a lot with regard to space communism and Musk. And Musk was citing this Russian rocket pioneer, Constantine, at South by Southwest when he said we needed to become a multi-planetary species. But these Russian rocket scientists believed in cosmism. So they actually had this kind of spiritual belief about space. Like space is a new heaven if you look at how they conceptualized it. Right out of like theosophy combined with panpsychism, the idea of an intelligent universe and man having some kind of unlimited evolution once we ascend from this realm. My point is, on the other side, here we have JPL, Jack Parsons, the American counterpart to Aleister Crowley, hanging out with science fiction writer L. Ron Hubbard, who created the Scientology space religion. So you can't separate the space religions from the occult. The Lima, Theosophy, outer space has always been a replacement heaven, based on the archaic old world order concepts of heaven. I would even go so far as to say that space travel is an allegory for higher states of consciousness and that it's been given to us in a very exoteric fashion because we are the ignorant masses who have the screen over our faces. The digital hoodwink. Anyone know how fast you have to go to escape this realm? To ascend from the kingdom to enter the heavenly realm. Mach 33. Mach 33. 33 times the speed of sound. And this is a reference to, of course, the ascension of Kundalini fire snake up the 33 vertebrae as man ascends from the kingdom to the crown, higher states of consciousness. And I could find many examples of how the space program is actually an exoteric cover for mystery Babylon for sex magic, for Thelema, for the Gnostic Catholic Mass, beyond just being a replacement heaven. Like, it's literally an updated version of their old religion. It's not just bad science fiction to control your minds. It's actually deeper than that. Okay, so let's continue. Um, I'm going to go ahead and send out a couple more articles. I spent yesterday writing quite a bit, and if you haven't read this article, I read earlier today. It's called Jermetria Sharpshooters. I'm also making it a point to record audio versions of my articles. So if you subscribe to my blog, here's a link. You don't have to read them. And I'm also uploading them as videos to YouTube to get this information out. And I'm pointing this out that I'm challenging truth or orthodoxies, challenging doomsday cycles, doom hype, gematria, chemtrails, uh, challenging a number of what I would consider to be uh, 
trufarisms that are holding back many from arriving at the actual truth. For example, misunderstandings of predictive programming, false flag fallacies. What we represent here is I would consider to be an improvement, a vast improvement over any methodologies that truthers have traditionally employed, which is generally fake or it's not fake or real. With them, it's real or false flag. And I put up this graphic the other day, and I'll put this article up as well if you want to subscribe to it. It's called The Screened Reality, and this describes where we are. And you can pretty much look at this and know where you are. If you're right-wing alt-media conspiracy theorist, red pill, or wokeism left-wing alt-media, you are MSM+. This is a subset of the mainstream screened reality, which itself is augmented with psyops, propaganda, fakery, and consensus lies. So the screened, scripted reality, where most people live, has a deeper version for those who aren't satisfied with it. And it's a nightmare. They're not really awake, it's a false awakening, it's a nightmare. But it's on the wrong side of the screen. The monolithic worldview filter. So the world stage, the televised version that we get, that's backed up by academia, by our history, by the consensus, it's a manufactured consensus. It's an agreed-upon, internalized worldview. Napoleon Bonaparte said, history is lies agreed upon. Media is lies agreed upon, and history is just media going back. So this agreed-upon consensus is only believable to those who don't have a skeptical view of the mainstream. The problem is, those who become skeptical of it tend to go alt-media, which is a trap. They go deeper. They look for more information without subtracting. To be a true skeptic of mainstream media isn't to find alternative information for a more complete story, but it's to question the original premise, the very framing of their narrative. To be on the other side of this screen, to have removed the digital hoodwink is to be in the MSM minus. This would be non-believers, media skeptics, auto-hoaxers, unscreened minds. Interestingly though, on this side of the screen, which is the right side of the screen, we can also look on over and see crisis actors, controlled opposition agents, and PSYOP operatives and propagandists. So a lot of the bad guys are actually on this side of the screen. And that's because the people that rule this place, that rule the lie world order, they know what's going on. Knowers ruling over believers. Having fomented a culture of disbelief and established a parallel media on that premise, we have actually exited the world of believers, of subjective belief, the world of ignorance. We've removed the screen, the hoodwinks, and we're not supposed to, you know, you're supposed to join their club sacrifice a baby or dance in front of a big giant owl with a bunch of naked Republicans in the Bohemian Grove. You got to somehow do something in order to ascend their pyramid of lies and be let in on the truth. But we managed to bypass all that. I didn't sell my soul. I didn't sign my name in blood. No, we just paid attention. And they tried to distract us. They tried to demonize us. They said, hey, these people calling it fake are problematic. Truthers have been the enemy to the skeptics and the auto-hoaxers this whole time. Trutherville is a firewall against anybody reaching for 
more information arriving at how big the deception is. It keeps them in the political horseshoe. Trutherville is actually within the political horseshoe, which is why they all vote. Thank you, Diana South. We at IPS appreciate the support. Um, I think I have to add the Godzilla sound effect. I will add that. Lean Dion quotes me here. Yep. History is just media going back. Yeah, and we have to remember that because it, this was one of the hardest things for me to get to really accept was that history is not objective. I think I had just gone through a series of books by Robert Greene, you know, 48 Laws of Power, 33 Strategies of War. He has all these books that draw from history. And I found it really fascinating. And I thought it's nice to know that we can look at history as a model uh, for examples of how to proceed into the future. And I thought it was very objective and that we could trust it goes back this far. But now I'm like, well, I've lost all confidence in that as a source. The worldview that I used to have no longer exists. I don't have the certainty. But there's, a, there's something else to point out here, too. The false sense of certainty ki uh, kills curiosity. It keeps people from wandering. But when you lose those false explanations, you know what, do you, what replaces it? And I think this is where people maybe um, reach a point of fear. Like they don't want to make that leap. And I've compared what we're doing here, this level of skepticism pointed at the world state church and its God construct to a new form of atheism. In other words, we're denying their God construct. We're rejecting their religion and its mythologies and its contemporary myths they create through psyops. Name any fill-in-the-blank fill major terror attack or, or shooting and I'll just tell you point blank, these are contemporary myths, these martyr myths. They just act them out on the world stage, but they're not real in the sense of these being organic events. So if we're stepping outside of that, we're saying we don't believe your myths, we don't believe your priesthood, we don't believe your God construct, we have no reason to believe, they might say, well, then what do you believe instead? You know, like people think, well, atheists must be wicked because they don't believe in God. Anarchists are lawless because they don't believe in government. I'm like, I don't think we need these rudders. I think we're just fine without having our realities bent. And I'm not anti-media. I mean, there's, a, I, and here's something else to point out too. I don't generalize and say all news lies. However, you have to recognize that the worldview is built on an edifice of lies. They can tell you the truth 98% of the time. But when they do lie, they have the total faith and confidence and trust, and it just kind of goes under the radar. But whatever they say, it's the worldview that's built upon a set of lies that means that whatever you believe within this is going to be divorced from reality by one step, and you wouldn't know because we're in the realm of subjective belief. Let's see here. Yes, Republican rave at the Bohemian Grove. I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast. He had Kid Rock on. Apparently, Kid Rock went to the Bohemian Grove. I just caught a few parts of it. I didn't go too deep into it. I think he was invited. Uh, Kid Rock, Joe Rogan were talking about Gaza, and Kid Rock suggested they should just go full Hiroshima Nagasaki on it. Elephant Tusk says, what do you think is going to happen on 3-11-2024? I don't have any predictions. 
and I never really do predictions specifically like that. However, for example, dates. We have noticed dates, and certain things do occur on specific dates. 311 was, it was pandemic, but it was also Fukushima. And I think there was that 311 Madrid subway bombing that happened exactly 911 days after 9-11. Like, there are fascinating patterns. But I don't think that we should use multiple calendars, multiple calculators. And also, keep in mind that the people who are predicting things tend to think they're predicting real things, which makes them false witnesses. Again, this just kind of reiterates the need for this splintering this group of non-believers. So we get rid of a lot of wrong explanations. Where does that leave us? It leaves us with questions. That's all. A bunch of question marks, which they demonize. This is why the new Batman movie made a villain who had question marks all over his, um, his logos and his symbols. You know, the Riddler. Always asking questions. Q, only asking questions. They're dangerous questions. They've been, the mass media has been at war with people asking questions. Why? because they have all the answers. You're supposed to just accept the spoon-fed answers, download them directly into your mind. You're not supposed to question anything. Why would you? It means that you don't have any faith. If you're faithful and you're a believer, you wouldn't need any question marks. And at some point, and I predicted this a while ago, they're going to send UN blue helmets to every single home and they're going to rip the question marks off our keyboards and probably the cues. Again, why do you need those? But this false sense of knowing everything is really what we're challenging. Most people believe that they know pretty much everything or that it's known and therefore they can just comfortably rest. They don't need to seek actively but that the answers are more or less known between here and the edge of the universe. They'll laugh and they'll say, if the world isn't what they say, then what's at the edge? I'm like, well, what's at the edge of the universe? What question is actually funnier? You know, what's at the edge of the earth? What's at the edge of the universe? Like, I don't know. You don't know. You're just presuming that you know a lot more, that you have certainty that at least there's a lot of empty space here. And I'm just trying to suggest here that our worldview is built with false explanations that kill curiosity and prevent people from noticing patterns. And what we've been pointing out with these prophecies that have been flooding the zone is that these seem to be intentional, what I would consider to be um, a, a, an active measure. Here's another article actually I put out there a couple days ago. Active measures targeting Metascript awareness. So if you're aware of the patterns, if you're aware that you can look, even in that that TV show, Leave the World Behind, they had a section called The Curve, where one of the main characters was talking about how he could read trends, and that if you could stay ahead of the curve, you could know what's going to happen before anybody else. And this is in the same conversation where Julia Roberts' character, well, a few scenes later, she had said that we live within a mass delusion, an agreed-upon mass delusion. And when you know you hear these things, and you have to understand where it's coming from. You know, who said we live in an agreed-upon mass delusion that you can read events if you can understand the curve? I think that the fact that the Obamas produced the movie is very relevant here because they would be very well apprised of what media is. But when they put that line into the movie that we live within an agreed-upon mass delusion, 
that's absolutely true. We do live within an agreed upon mass delusion. But what I'm saying here is that those of us who can see, those of us who are paying attention and who are making the right connections, who are recognizing the fakery, who have achieved or obtained some level of knowledge about how things work, we have gone past the realm of mere believers. And that makes us dangerous because we're at the capstone level of awareness that most of the people up the various levels of the pyramid aren't aware of. I mean, they wouldn't have total awareness. Most people are on this in this system are dupes. Most people reading teleprompters don't know that they are useful stooges. My point is, this is being flooded. Anybody noticing patterns is, if you're going to search on, let's say, Twitter, you're going to find all kinds of people using Gematria codes, using all kinds of methods to predict that JFK is coming. It's just, it's a mess. My point of it is, it's a mess. Everyone's predicting doomsday is coming next week. But there's no rigid methodology. There's no internal skepticism. And it's all predicated on the false worldview being mostly real. Like, it's not even skepticism at all. And my point being, you will not arrive at what we're doing. You would not arrive at abject media skepticism and media breakdown if you're going to any mainstream platform. It's all flooded with these these various, uh, I'm not going to say agents or operatives, but, you know, I think we live in a very contaminated zone. There's a reason why they put out things like chemtrails. And I know a lot of people still have a lot of attachment to believing in chemtrails, but the point of it is, objectively speaking, I can point out half a dozen logical fallacies built into the premise. And we've looked at this enough to where I can confidently say that you can't even posit the existence of chemtrails until you've addressed uh, decades of contrail observations and the various military charts that explain what conditions in terms of atmosphere, humidity, and pressure that would be conducive to their appearance. Like, it's an argument from ignorance, but my point of it is, these are weaponized logical fallacies introduced to all the free thinkers to lead them down these rabbit trails, to keep them in Trutherville, to get them into Alex Jones Town, hooked on that. And it's by design. It's a great system. It keeps everybody in the paddock. Not Shock says mass delusion or mass illusion. She said mass delusion. But that was from Leave the World Behind, which again is being referenced. I think planes falling was a huge part of it. A lot of people are saying it's like right out of Leave the World Behind. But I, I was talking about that movie again because it seems to me that we have a clear indication here that predictive programming exists. And a lot of people just don't know how to categorize it. Here's another one. Leave the World Behind fans feeling concerned amid massive U.S. cell outage. Leave the World Behind is trending. Here's why. And four other movies that predicted the U.S. cellular outage. So now, truthers will say, oh, this is because the bad guys are going to do it. And to avoid bad karma, they're going to tell us they're going to do it in the movies first. Now, that's the trutherism. Or, if you're Mike Rothschild and your job is to bury the truth, you're going to say, oh, there's nothing there. You're crazy if you see a pattern. Okay, well, now you're going to have to say that Digitrends writer Jason Truss is crazy. 
because he's found four movies that predict this. Now, is it predicting it? Are these eerie coincidences? Is this God? Is this dark occultist behind the scenes? No, let's go ahead and demystify predictive programming. This is repetition. This is repetition, conditioning, and programming to get you to accept whatever they do without questioning it. You'll just think, oh, well, we expect it to happen. It's within the realm of possibility. They're making us hyper-suggestible to every one of their agendas years in advance through repetitive messaging and entertainment. But to recognize this fact, and it is a fact, is to understand that news is just as scripted as your entertainment. And that is the paradigm shock that most people aren't ready for. And what we're doing here is inducing a, a I would say, a, sh a, a shock, in a sense, a paradigm shock to the system. Moodybug says, we're never going to agree on chemtrails. I know they're spraying this stuff. That's the only thing I do think is happening. Right, well, you, you could only say one thing. You believe they're spraying. You don't know it. You don't know it. And for you to say they're spraying means that you're suggesting there's something in one thing that's getting squirted out into the sky. They're squirting it onto your face, right? That's what you're saying. Planes are spraying on you like a dog. You take your dog to the park, it sprays on everything. It's just spraying. There's something in it coming out. Now, the question, what are they spraying, is a loaded question. It's loaded with the premise that there is a spray. And what I'm saying is, you can't ask that question. The question is, what is that trail? Because you can create a trail in the higher atmosphere, go up 20,000 feet, rarefied air, and if you have hot exhaust, it's going to create a trail. Hot exhaust, a little fuel condensate, even electric planes do this. The hot exhaust in the rarefied air, like you ever go out in the winter and heat up your car, what happens? You ever breathe when the temperature is freezing, you breathe out hot air, what happens? My point of it is, it's repeatable, it's testable, they can create it. The effect known as condensation trails is well understood. So you can't say it's a spray when all it takes is hot air affecting the environment there. There's nothing being sprayed. So to use the word spray is to introduce a false premise. So again, you don't know they're spraying. And then also, where's your mask? Where's your mask? If you think they're spraying, you think they're poisoning you, where's your mask? But that's just one, one of them. The other one is, what are they spraying is an argument from ignorance because you're ignoring decades and decades and decades of recorded observational data on those trails. People will say, well, hey, we had a clear day, then they sprayed, then it rained, then I was sad. Uh, no, the reason why it rained is the conditions were conducive to rain. The reason that the plains had trails is because of the conditions that were conducive to rain, are conducive to trails. So that's a faulty causality fallacy. A happens before B, therefore A causes B. I saw the trails, then it rained. Trails causes rain. Well, no, the trails were there for the same reason as the rain, the climate. And you can find charts to prove this, going back decades. The reason why planes from the Air Force don't leave contrails isn't that they don't have any spray in them. Oh yeah, like the, the B-52 bomber, 
or any of these F-16s, they don't have enough room in them to put the chemtrail juice, so they can't spray it on us. No, that's not true. They would leave trails if they went high enough, but they purposefully avoid those altitudes because they don't want to be spotted because they're military planes. Therefore, since the 1950s, the Air Force has created extensive charts for the prediction of contrail conducive conditions to not fly in those areas. So, to assert the existence of chemtrails is to do so in ignorance, of willful ignorance, of contrails. And I would not stand on an argument from ignorance. I, don't, I wouldn't stand on that. I wouldn't sacrifice my intellect over an ego attachment to something I can't prove because I was fed a steady stream of propaganda by, I would say, nefarious actors on the world stage that have a, an interest in you believing this stuff. Like, I guarantee that you do not believe in climate change. Like, oh, climate change is silly. I'm not dumb. I wouldn't believe in that. But contrail geoengineering, I believe in that. You see? And then the people on the left will say, oh, chemtrails and contrails, easy. That's easy to explain. But climate change is real. So each side believes that the sky is falling, the sky is toxic, that man is destroying the world through geoengineering, the government, or through free market and capitalism. So if you're left, you blame the capitalists. If you're right, you blame secret government. But both sides in the programmed, boxed MSM reality believe we're in this sort of an end-time scenario because of what man's doing to the climate. They both believe in this. And I'm saying that these are doomsday belief systems that you can opt out of. You have no reason to believe in it other than some kind of emotional attachment. You don't have any facts. And you, again, are making an argument from ignorance. And I would suggest that you first confront that. Like, the burden of proof is not on me. When you say, what are they spraying? I'm not taking your burden of proof. I'm saying, you have to debunk contrails first. Consumed by AI says, I love the AI penguin arts. Oh yeah, that's another reason to subscribe to the newsletter. Go to ips.monster, subscribe to the newsletter. Look, this is an open conversation. We're going to continue to talk about it, but at some point this year, we're going to have a conference about chemtrails and contrails. It's a truther orthodoxy. And to allow them, in other words, to allow the people who support the dominant paradigm, the fake news believers, to allow them to have this over you, it's just too easy. I, I wouldn't give them this ammunition. Don't allow them to make you look foolish and to make you look like a science denier. You should be able to debunk chemtrails, recognize contrails, and also say the moon landing's a hoax. But you got people like Mick West who professionally debunk chemtrails, but he thinks the space station is real, the moon landings are real, everything else is real. See, they're reality impaired. They selectively debunk certain things, but it only attacks the other side. So Mick West may say, oh, chemtrails is silly, but he's totally down with Greta-ism, you know, total climate alarmism. Doesn't find that questionable. But anything that leads with fear, paranoia, some secret attack on us, um, I just immediately say, I'm sorry, if you don't have any evidence, then you're just a doomsayer. Moody Bug says, I know what they're spraying. No, you don't have any sort of information to, um, to 
prove that they're spraying anything? Like, what is the spray? Like, what kind of a sp is it? A, a spray gun, a nozzle, a hose? Like, you're saying spraying? Sorry, that's not a spray. And if you look closely at an airplane when it's leaving a trail, uh, the trail begins behind the plane, which is moving hundreds of miles per hour. So there's a distance between the end of the plane and the formation of the trail. So you couldn't even say it's a spray. It's what's happening is it's the hot air reacting with the cold air. I mean, my point of it is, uh, chemtrailers are a huge demographic. They've been targeted. Anybody who sees anything has been hit with this. And I'm saying it's a psyop. And the reason why I'm targeting these psyops for deconstruction is anybody who's fallen under these spells, who exit because they see through these logical fallacies, will join us. They will join the parallel media of skeptics who are no longer believers, we're proud non-believers. Look, I, I'm a non-believer. There's nothing you can do short of evidence that's going to convince me. No appeals to emotion, no appeals to paranoia, no logical fallacies. It just won't work. I'm just a non-believer. And the more of us that are engaging in non-belief, the better. Isabel Ann says, is cloud seeding real to make rain? That's not even a, a related question, but I'll answer it. Because when you say, hey, look, these chemtrails are fake, they'll say, oh, it's cloud seeding, or it's harp, or it's stratospheric aerosol injection. I'm like, can we just stick to one thing at a time? Can we not move the goalposts? Can we not swap apples and oranges? I mean, these are all just, like, to me, it's bad argumentation. So is cloud seeding real? Yes. But it's not the same thing as a condensation trail. And cloud seeding isn't climate change. It's not geoengineering. And it's only really adding to a small area. And there's even room for doubt as to how effective it is. So it's not like, what I'm saying is that cloud seeding is not related to geoengineering. And what's more, geoengineering isn't what chemtrailers believe. This is another thing that I just came across. They'll say, oh, well, it's geoengineering. I'm like, okay, well, geoengineering is actually a term climate scientists use. And they say, when we fight climate change, it's geoengineering. So when you use the term geoengineering, you're actually affirming a belief in climate change, whether you know it or not. That term is not owned by the chemtrail theorists. It's actually a lefty climate change term, but nobody's noticed it. Moodybug says, I have a video of a plane stopping and starting mid-flight. It may not be harmful to humans, not sure. Um, a video of a plane stopping and starting a mid-flight could be parallax. I've seen some pretty interesting videos where you have, um, you're moving and the plane's moving and it looks like the plane is stopped in mid-air. It's just parallax. You know, visual literacy is something that I often talk about as well because the general public has been rendered visually illiterate where they see something on video and they assume it's real at first glance. Like, I've been seeing these videos of birds hanging in midair. Like, oh, look, it's a dead bird just hanging in midair. Well, no, it's because of the exposure from your camera. It's hiding the wire that it's hanging on. But these things go viral. I saw this hovering bird go viral. This bird is hovering, not flapping its wings. It's hovering in this guy's front porch. If you look at his uh, doorbell camera. Well, no, it's because the camera's frame rate perfectly matched the bird's wing flap rate, and it made it look like the bird was levitating. But these are all 
uh, optical illusions. And so we have to be trained on optical illusions, logical fallacies, and sleight of mind. Like, for example, the faulty causality. Hey, look, I saw spray, and now it's raining. Like, you can see why somebody might conclude that the spray caused the rain. And you can see how easy it would be to mislead people with this line of reasoning. In fact, uh, Crow777777 has long maintained that you can get rid of contrails by boiling vinegar in your front yard. Because he says when you boil vinegar, it creates a chain reaction that gets rid of the contrails. Well, you could boil beer. You could just boil water. You could just do a, a rain dance. You could just stare at the clouds. You could pray at the chemtrails. They're going to go away. But just because they went away after you did something didn't does not mean that you caused it to go away. So then my question to someone like Crow777 is, are you aware that they would have gone away anyway? But when you lead with a fallacy like that and you have a cognitive bias, it becomes very easy to convince yourself. In fact, I came across a book, a more recent book on witchcraft, where the author was saying that you could cause clouds to, uh, you could burn holes through clouds with your mind. And, and I read through these various exercises and I'm like, all you're really doing is you're allowing people to fall for this fallacious line of thinking that they're causing something because it happened after their focus. And it probably works with a large segment of the population. And Trutherville is largely built on faulty beliefs. It's very rickety when you get down to the structure of Trutherville's belief system. But my point is this. We need to debate these things. We need to get rid of intellectual dishonesty and blind spots and get to a pure methodology. I mean, it's not like we have a list of things that we say are fake, but it's more like our standards of evidence are different than Trutherville, than MSM, MSM+, Plus, than The Woke. Like, we're coming from a completely different perspective than alt-media and any of the influencers. What we're doing is so separate that I want to draw these distinctions out. So I want to debate Gematria people, Chemtrail people, Q people. I'll debate anybody on any one of these topics, specifically so we can make these distinctions known because we are right. Uh, we who are skeptical about the media at face value, who recognize that it has supplanted the role of religion, quote, globally, we're actually correct about this. The people who think it's false flag or real or some events are real and some are fake or they're going to take your guns or the military age men are coming in to replace us, the people who are falling for the current thing, who are falling for the daily psyops, who don't know how scripted news is and what that fully implies, they're operating in an alternate reality game. And it's a losing game, and we're trying to invite people to step out of it. Because I, I think we reach critical mass, something can happen. We could make interesting, um, interesting times. We'll live in interesting times, and I think we can make things a little more interesting just by having a more informed group of free thinkers who are looking at media critically, who aren't fully brainwashed. And it's not an exaggeration. We live in a global doomsday cult. Whether, it, whether you're religious or you believe all the latest science, you would have therefore arrived at the conclusion that the world is ending soon. And that's to constrain your view of how much time is left, to, to shrink your world. And I think the space program and the false representation of our world is also there to shrink our world. Environmentalism is there to shrink your world, to stop you from wanting to walk around. Everything is about shrinking and constraining your physical existence 
in the meatverse and enlarging your existence in the metaverse. We're entering into, I believe, a, a dark age, but it's dressed up in such a way, catering to all of people's uh, vanities that we think we're at the peak, that we're at the highest point of, of civilization, of, of technological progress, where we pretty much know everything up to the edge of the universe, but it's pretty ironic, you know, when you get down to it, that we've been given a false world view and that the new illiteracy that I think plagues mankind, this is the real problem, is visual illiteracy, which is being made even more complicated by AI and by the abject fakeability of anything now, by anybody. All right, this has been great. Um, we're going to start earlier tomorrow, and hopefully we'll get some more calls in. I've been kind of busy catching up on things and legal work, but everything's moving along swimmingly. This is One-Eyed Jack in the Shells, Pope Elon. I mean, we're all going to die someday. I'll send out archives in the newsletter. And if you're going to pick some place to die, then why not Mars? Okay. You know, if, if we're born on Earth, why not die on Mars? Seems like maybe the... the be quite exciting but uh, so I, I i think given the choice of dying on earth or dying on mars i'd say yeah sure i'll die on mars Thank you.